Do you remember where we've been on our mission story so far? What was the first country we went to? Do you remember? You can call it out. Japan. Japan. That's right. And then we met a special person that lived in an Arabic country. Do you remember his name? It starts with Ab. Abdul, who was training to be an imam in the Islam faith and came to know Jesus Christ through internet Bible and internet uh, Christian witness, and he was discipled by a Christian church in his country, and now he's a pastor caring for God's people and knows the Lord as his Savior. Tonight, we're going to go to North Africa. You ready to go with me to North Africa? Can the grown-ups come with us? Yeah, okay, let them come with us. Okay, so let's start those slides, if you would, please. You can see, no questions yet. We can see there's a man. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's in a mosque. A mosque is an Islamic church building. And he's on a phone, right? He's reading the Koran, which is the Islam's, the Muslim's holy book. But a lot of the architecture in North Africa is very beautiful. And this is a, a columns that, uh, let's hold that slide for a minute. This is the ruins of a Christian church from many centuries ago. And unfortunately, what's happened in North Africa is where Christianity and believers in Jesus had a strong presence centuries ago. That's no longer the case. And so many of the Christian uh, cathedrals and, and buildings that were up have been reduced to, to rubble or even cemeteries. And uh, that means that North Africans need Jesus as their savior. And somebody has to go to tell them about Christ, that the Muslim people would come to see Jesus as Lord and Savior and life. And so let's go to the next slide, please. As you can see, many people in North Africa, even if they're not practicing Muslims, they would look to these Muslim uh, holy buildings with great pride and say, our buildings are very impressive. And that is... Uh, quite pretty, but what's worshipped in there and what's done in there doesn't honor the true and living God of the Bible. It's just an idol named Allah, and Allah and the triune God are not the same. Next slide. This is the hands of a man who's uh, got prayer beads, and he has in his hand um, 99 different prayer beads. And he prays or says something over each of the 99 beads. He will pray like this, Sabhan Allah, 33 times with 33 beads, which is saying glory to Allah. And then he'll say, Alhamdu Lillah, praise be to God, 33 times. And then he will say, Allah, Alu Akbar, which is saying that, that Allah is the greatest. He'll say that 33 times. But none of that's true. None of that's true. That's the saddest thing. This man may pray 99 things every day or more than once in every day, but it's not true because Allah is not the true God. Allah tells those persons that follow him to kill other people. That's sad. It is sad. And somebody needs to go to North Africa and other parts of the world where Muslim people have been tricked so that they could find the true and living God that we all know who loves them and has sent his son Jesus to die for them and could save them and forgive them of their sins and give them peace in their hearts and in their lives. Next slide, please. 
That's the gentleman we saw earlier in the mosque uh, reading the Koran and being on a cell phone call. Next slide. This is a man in North Africa who's in a craft market, much like the straw market, and he's weaving a tapestry. And many people love the tapestries and they buy them, but not many people make the tapestries because it's hard work. You have to know what you're doing. Someone has to train you how to do it, and you have to stick with it and make these beautiful tapestries. So what's happening is that the market is getting smaller and smaller because persons who make these tapestries are fewer and fewer. Next slide. This man is also a craftsman. He is making slippers. And they say that if you get close to him making his slippers in the market, that the smell of the glue is almost overwhelming. It's just so powerful. It's hard to, to breathe it in. But the Slippers that he makes are beautiful. They're, they're covered in all color, different colors of beads, row upon row, colored shoes. And these slippers are very, very expensive. So people in North Africa who buy this man's slippers only use those slippers for special occasions, uh, parties or weddings or things like that. Next slide, please. Here is a man in a market in North Africa. And what is he selling? Can you see? Vegetables. Can you uh, identify any of the vegetables that he's... Peppers? Mm -hmm. Beans. Yeah. Potatoes. Maybe so, potatoes. Maybe cabbage. We can't see everything, but... Corn. Corn, okay. So he is selling vegetables to people in North Africa who want to eat healthy, as, as we all should want to do. Next slide. Now these are called... Tajines. Aren't they beautiful? beautiful. Tajines are pottery dishes, and restaurants and families use them to cook in North Africa using certain North African recipes for food. They cook. Those are like cooking containers, but they sure are pretty. And there are different sizes depending on what you're cooking, whether it's stew or some other kind of food. Use different sizes. And uh, they're, they're cooked over flames. So these pottery dishes are put over a flame, and that's how they cook the food. Yes? How does it not burn? How does it not burn? Maybe it does burn, but these haven't been sold yet. That would be my guess. It's clay. And I think these are being sold brand new, but once they start to use them over a flame, I imagine they get soot on them and get darker. But that's a good question. Next slide, please. This is a donkey, obviously, and in the ancient cities in North Africa or the Medinas, they have very tight um, passageways in these cities in North Africa. So it takes either walking through those passageways or having a donkey that can barely fit, and you could put goods on the donkey or maybe ride the donkey. I'm not quite sure. But that's what looks like in a city, a Medina. The passageways are very uh, narrow. Next slide, please. Now, he's happy. He's a baker. And the reason he's happy is that he is helping people in his village to have fresh bread. But he's also a kind baker because he, while he sells his own bread to people, he lets people bring dough from their houses if they want and bake their dough in his bakery oven. Isn't that nice? And he charges them a lot less if they just bake in his oven 
than if he make, makes the bread and he sells them the bread. And you know, when I was thinking about looking at that picture of this man in North Africa who's got a happy face on and he's a baker, I was thinking, you know, that there are some things that make for uh, a, tradition, a traditional neighborhood in any ancient city in North Africa. These five things, a bakery, like this man has, a bathhouse, a fountain, and a religious school, and a mosque. And I was thinking about Jesus and five things that make up a community or a, a settlement in North Africa. You know, they have a bakery. Isn't Jesus the bread of life? And they have a bathhouse where you wash. Isn't Jesus Christ the one who washes us clean and gives us eternal life? And I was thinking of the fountain that every settlement has. And isn't Jesus the living water? Jesus called himself the living water. And then the religious school, Jesus is the light of the world. And when we study about him, we are given light about the truth. And of course, a mosque, a mosque is a place where mixed up and confused uh, Muslims go to worship Allah, but we worship the God of the Bible, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in a place like this, in a church building, right? And we worship him in spirit. That means our spirit has been made alive, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and we worship him in truth, according to the Bible. It's both spirit and truth. And so, of course, we can worship God other places than in this nice building. We ought to be worshiping him driving around with our parents on errands, worship him in our bedrooms, worship him with our, at our dining room tables, with our families, worship him everywhere. It's such an honor and such a privilege. And then next. Now these men, they are playing cards. In the Bahamas, men assemble to play dominoes. But these men are playing cards, and it's a way to get together to talk about sports, politics, the things that men sometimes talk about when they get together. And those men seem to be having a nice time uh, doing that. And you know, because the heart of missions is love, when a missionary goes to North Africa, the man, a man missionary would go to such a place and be with those men and listen to them figure out what they're worried about, what they're excited about, what they really are trusting, because the heart of missions is love. Next. There's a young girl. She's got her hand up in school to ask a question or perhaps to volunteer to answer a question. Many North African communities are suffering economically, and they have few desirable jobs to offer children who graduate from school. And so there's not a lot of a hope for a job in much of North Africa. But families in North Africa value education. And if they can save up money, uh, they try to send their children away to study abroad to get a better life. Next. Those are satellite dishes. Boy, it seems like every house has its own satellite dish. Wonder how they don't get confusing. All the satellite beams don't get confused. But that's how they bring in communications and television and different things like that. And um, as technology continues to change in North Africa, then missionaries who go to re reach North Africans for Christ 
have to be prayerful and creative and aggressive in how to get Jesus' message to them through the ways it'll catch be caught on those satellite dishes or on devices, uh, computers, etc. And so perhaps if you have an interest in technology and devices and the internet and all of these things, maybe God will raise you guys up to be missionaries to North Africa to help North Africans come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. My next slide is my favorite slide. Is that cool? That's a camel ride by the beach. That is so cool. Camels are rude. Well, maybe they're nicer when they're by the sea. I don't know. But it's like here. Sometimes uh, people in parts of the Bahamas pay a little money to ride a horse on the beach or to have a horse pull them in a, tr- a buggy here in Nassau. But that's a tourist uh, um, event. There are tourists on that camel, and the owner of the camel is walking it along the, the edge of the sea. I really like that picture. You would like a camel. I'm sure your dad and mom will let you have one. Just speak to them afterwards. Yeah, they're, give, yeah, they're giving the go-ahead. Yeah, you're good. You'll be fine. <laughs> so, boys and girls, what I want you to remember is whether it's Japan or whether it's Abdul, the former imam who became a pastor, or whether it's North Africa, it's a big world that needs Jesus. But Jesus is a big savior. Jesus is a big savior. And so if we can't go to these places, we can pray for the people who live in those places, right? That they would come, that they would come and know Jesus Christ. Let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for these little windows you've given us in this conference into what the need of the world is. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus is the answer. He's the answer to every question. He's the hope for every difficulty. Help us to get him and his message to these that need him so much and maybe not forget to get him and his message to the Bahamas. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's express our love for these kids as they go back. Thank you.